invite you to turn in your Bible tonight to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Seemed appropriate tonight as we've installed uh, elders and deacons um, that to think about the church again. And uh, Matthew chapter 16, we have oh, just a wonderful text where Jesus shows us the glory of the church of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading at verse 13. This is God's word. Let's give it our attention. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one, that he was the Christ. Let's ask the Lord to bless. Lord, I thank you that uh, this is your word, and Jesus, that you speak to us through it, and we ask that your Holy Spirit to help us to, to understand it and to delight in what you have to say to us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading an article uh, about oh, two, three weeks ago uh, where the author made a, uh, um, just a very clear, compelling point um, when he talks about how people think about the church, they, they usually think of the church as a, sort of an accessory to the Christian life. So when, uh, when people sort of see themselves as a Christian, they, they believe in God and, the, and Jesus Christ, and then uh, they uh, see themselves as a sort of a, a, an autonomous individual, someone who believes uh, their, their primary identity is, I am a Christian then, which is, which is great. And then the church is sort of the third thing in mind, uh, and the church is there to help you in your Christian life. Uh, the church is there to um, provide the things that you need, sort of like Meyer, right? It's there to, it's, it's there to help you live uh, the American dream. It's, it's there to help you live your life. Everything you need, you can, you can find at Meyer. Um, and so people have this, sort of this un, um, unconscious consumer mentality when it comes to the church. How is the church doing in ministering to my needs? And that's just sort of a given. It's, it's common and... Uh, and uh, it's, it's not really challenged. And the man said, it, it actually is completely wrong. Uh, the church is, was never meant to be an, an accessory to the Christian life. Actually, what, what uh, God is doing, you see, is not just creating individual Christians what, 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 and, then, and, and then helping them with the church. What God is doing is creating a church. Jesus is building a church. And Jesus is adding individuals then to the church. So that the defining um, truth about a Christian is, I am a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus has given me the privilege, the blessing of belonging to his church. I think there's a lot of wisdom in the, and a lot of truth to that. Uh, Jesus tells us tonight he's building his church. And, and, and he tells us tonight some of the beautiful things about the church. And my desire is that we would just tonight again through these words, love the church 
of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing at the end, after the message, I love thy kingdom, Lord, the house of thine abode. The church, our blessed Redeemer, saved with his own precious blood. I love thy church, O God. Her walls before thee stand, dear as the apple of thine eye and engraven on thy hand. Well, how do we, how do we come to that, uh, that delight and that love, that, that delight in the church of Jesus Christ? Well, uh, tonight we'll just see that what the church is. The church is a community of people gathered by God Himself. A community of people who have been blessed with the ability to see who Jesus is, who've been uh, called to this task of professing who Jesus is, and who are assured that they are victorious over sin and death and hell. And all of this by the power and the work of Jesus Christ. And so let's begin. The church is a community of people who know who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, Jesus asks the single most important question that, that uh, he can ask of, of mortals. Uh, it's the most important question that you and I or the world will ever hear. Uh, Jesus has been with these men for two and a half years already. Uh, they have watched him in his ministry. They've, they've seen him um, heal lepers. They've seen him give sight to blind people and hearing to deaf people and speaking to dumb people. They, they've seen him uh, say to the man, uh, the paralyzed man on the mat, I say to you, take up your mat and walk. And the man did. They've seen unbelievable miracles of Jesus Christ and they've heard the messages. They were there for the Sermon on the Mount. They were there when Jesus was addressing the Pharisees. Uh, they, they had private uh, conversations with Christ where he sat them down and he taught them. So the, whole, the ministry of Jesus Christ has been right in front of their eyes. They've had access to all of it. And now in a sense, it's, it's time for the exam. Who do you say that I am? <laughs> There's nowhere to hide from that question. It's, it's, it's actually a question that every person must face. And eternity hangs in the balance. Who do you say Jesus is? It's the, it's the most fundamental question. If, if Jesus, the Son of God, has actually entered into this world and Jesus, the Son of God, went to, uh, to the cross to purchase a people for Himself and to make everything new, if He is truly God in flesh, well, then your relationship with Him is, is the ultimate determining factor of where you will spend eternity. Who do you believe that Jesus is? Now, Jesus' identity was obviously a hot topic in Israel. People were talking about him. How could you not? Um, his, his miracles and his teaching were astonishing. And people would say, who is he? And some would say, um, well, the, the Pharisees obviously th thought he was a blasphemer. The Pharisees thought he was a troublemaker, a false teacher. But the people, Jesus says, who do the people say that I am? Well, there's, there's different, there's different uh, ideas out there, different opinions. Some, some think you're John the Baptist in the flesh. Come back to life. Some think you're Elijah, the great prophet. And, and there's prophecies in the Old Testament about Elijah will come. And, and some think that, that you're that person. Some think you're Jeremiah or, or one of the other great prophets of old. But then Jesus 
turns to them and specifically says to them, who do you say that I am? It's plural. He's, he's addressing all of them. But the emphasis is, is you. The emphasis is on them. Who do you say that I am? And there's, there's great drama being played out here. Uh, if the devil was watching, he was doing so with bated breath. Uh, he obviously knows who Jesus was. Remember when, when Jesus cast out the demons uh, from the man of, uh, from uh, Gerasene, and, and uh, the, the, the demons are talking to him. We know who you are. Um, they do know. The demons know who Jesus is. The devil knows who Jesus is. But, but you see, his work had been to blind the eyes of the people of Israel. And, the, and, and you see, the, the challenge is, has his work been successful? Has it been successful regarding these 12? Well, Simon Peter answers the question. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus rejoiced. His answer is just it sort of burst out of him. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. Why is Simon blessed? It's not because he got the right answer. Uh, the rocks knew the right answer, and, and Jesus could have easily had them give it. The, the, the reason that Jesus is rejoicing is because the Father has opened the eyes of the blind. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You, you. Your gray matter didn't put this together. You didn't just sort of figure it out. The, the things of God cannot be discerned apart from the Spirit of God and the work of God. No one knows the Father except the Son and, and, and those whom the Father chooses to reveal Himself. And Jesus is delighting to see that light has broken through. That the Father has been faithful to, to His work to do what He said He would do. And He has opened the eyes of the blind. Jesus is rejoicing in the work of His Father. You see, it, it was so rare. There were thousands and thousands of people in Israel who saw the works that Jesus did. And heard the messages that Jesus, uh, that Jesus gave. But though they, they saw the power and they were astonished at the teaching, they, they didn't see who he was. Very rarely, very rarely would someone understand, and, and often that would be a Gentile. But now, Jesus' disciples, these men whom Jesus has despaired over, will you never understand? Will you never believe? You slow, uh, slow of heart, slow to believe. Now Jesus has the joy of seeing them get it. They see. They see what thousands of others did not see and could not see. Friends, this is the blessedness of the church. This is, this is the blessedness of the church. That God is, has done a work in your life so that you can see the identity of Jesus. 
And if God had not done that work, you would be utterly and eternally lost. But the wonder, you see, and we take this for granted. Our, our little, right, little three-year-olds can tell us who Jesus is. Praise God. But praise God, that becomes a real living faith that we become convinced that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the one promised in the Old Testament, the one who is going to come and restore Israel, the one who's going to build the kingdom of God, the one who's going to make everything new, the one who's going to bring the righteousness of God so that the, that the, uh, the righteousness of God would cover the earth as, as the water covers the sea. Everything good that, that, that was broke, everything that was broken in the fall is going to be renewed by all the goodness and the power of the Messiah. And the church, you see, are those who are able to, to see, to point to Jesus Christ and say, He's the one. This is the one who is going to make everything new. This is the one who's going to save sinners to the glory of God. The blessedness of the church is that we're able to see. You remember, you remember old Simeon? Uh, he was a godly, righteous man. Uh, and uh, in his old age, the Holy Spirit, we were told he was full of the Spirit, and the Spirit said, you need to go to the temple. And he goes to the temple, and there, Joseph and Mary are bringing little Jesus uh, to the temple. And Simeon uh, takes little Jesus in his arms and, so, and says, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. The one who is going to restore Israel and be a light to the Gentiles. Simeon saw. That little baby looked like just every, any other baby. But Simeon, by the power of the Holy Spirit, his eyes were opened and he saw the Christ, the Son of God, come to this world for the salvation of this world. Friends, we, by the grace and the power of God, we get to be the church of Jesus Christ, a community of people who've been rescued out of blindness, out of the dominion of Satan's kingdom. And we, by uh, the power of God, are able to see who Jesus is. To see who Christ is and what Christ has done. Secondly, the church is a community of people who profess who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus rejoices in Simon's profession and then Jesus says, uh, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, of course, there's a, 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 an ongoing controversy, a debate over this. It was, it was a huge controversy during the age of the Reformation because the Roman Catholic Church was convinced that Jesus is talking specifically to Peter. His name means rock. And that Jesus is here installing Peter as the first pope of the church. I mean, doesn't Jesus say, you are Peter, you're rock, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And, and so that, that, that's why today the Roman Catholic Church considers itself the only true church because it is under the, uh, the, the Pope. Um, so if Jesus uh, is building his church on Peter uh, and those officially ordained men who follow Peter in the, in the apostolic succession then any person who's, who's outside of the rule of Rome, who does not swear fealty to the Holy Father, the Vicar of Christ, is by necessity not part of the church. Well, it would, uh, it's, a, it's a compelling claim if it were true. But is that what Jesus is saying? It, it doesn't seem to be, uh, that's, the, the other apostles don't seem to have caught that. You don't find them from here on. 
sort of bowing down to Peter. In fact, um, when they argue amongst themselves, right, they, their argument is, who, who's the greatest? Oh, who's going to sit on the right hand? Who's going to be on the left hand? If Jesus had declared Peter to be the Pope of the church, then the, the, the argument is settled. The question is answered. Uh, Peter's the greatest. So what does Jesus mean? Well, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not immediately clear. There, there are... Um, when, when we think about the foundation of the church, the rock of the church, we're told that in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, Jesus is the rock of the church. Uh, 3 verse 11, no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We're told in other places that the apostles are the foundation. Their teaching is the foundation of the church. But here, Jesus seems to be pointing, uh, he's not pointing to himself as the foundation, but it seems that he's pointing to the, the professing disciples, um, to the, 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 uh, the, the act of professing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that, that bold act of confessing the truth, that the church is a community of people who have seen Christ, know the truth about Christ, and profess that truth in this lost world. Men and women who stand, you see, in this, in this lost, lost world to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, buried, descended into hell, but on the third day he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe these things. And they're essential things. They're the most significant things, the most earth-shattering uh, sh and shaping things. That this is who Jesus is. And, and our, our privilege is to be the community of people then who profess this truth. And that is how Jesus builds his church. You see, on the rock of the foundation of the, of the, of the Christian confession. The Christian proclamation. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done. This is, this is what is going to happen. Jesus is going to come again. The glory of the church is that we, we, we are able to see who he is and we're able to proclaim who he is. We get to do that. And, and, and then Jesus also shows us uh, that we are uh, a people who have conquered death. You know, we can say that, right? And, uh, and, and we've heard it before. And, and yet it's, it's, it's truly an astonishing thing. Jesus says that the gates of hell, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it, will not prevail against it. Uh, note, Jesus will build his church. Jesus is building his church every day throughout the centuries. The one thing you can count on happening when, when, when there are so many things that are questionable, what's going to happen in 2021? What's going to happen to the United States of America? What's going to ha happen to sort of the, the Western world? You can ask, oh, what's going to happen to our family? One thing you know is going to happen in 2021 is Jesus Christ is going to build his church. In, in, inevitably, irrevocably, uh, Jesus is going to build his church. It won't be pastors. It won't be, it won't be elders or deacons. It won't be, it won't be a movements. Jesus will build 
his church. I find that to be tremendously encouraging. And he invites us to be then a part of what he is doing by his power for his own glory. Jesus is building the church, the church that is the kingdom of God. The church uh, whose foundations will never be shaken. The church that will one day flower into the, all the reality of a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus is building his church. He's not building anything else in this world. He's working in all things, ordaining all things. But the one thing Jesus is building in this world is his church. That's an, that's an amazing thing. What an what a, what a incredible privilege to be part of, of that. The church that Christ is building. And Jesus assures us that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church. The gates of Hades. Hades are the, the gates of death. In Old Testament, uh, the, the gates, uh, the, the doors that open unto death are kind of seen to be down uh, at the bottom of the ocean. The bottom of the sea. And there are the gates, and they open, and the realm of the dead is there. Jesus is talking about the power of death. The power of death that has held this, this world in its grip ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin. And God placed this world under the power of death in judgment against this world. Just remember, when you're driving through a cemetery, it's God reminding you. Death is not natural, no matter what Disney tries to tell you. Death is not just the, this part of the circle of life. Death is the judgment of God because of our sin. And, and it is inescapable by any human effort. Everyone will die. And yet Jesus Christ comes to say, the gates of Hades will not prevail. The powers of death will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Why not? Because Jesus Christ has conquered death. The head of the church has conquered death. Judah's lion has burst his chains and crushed the serpent's head. Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1 where he introduces himself to the apostle John in all of his glory. 1 verse 18, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death in Hades. Jesus Christ, having conquered death, friends, conquered it for us. And, and the powers of death and the powers of hell are not going to be able to prevail against the church, against the proclamation of the church. Not going to be able to prevail against Jesus building his church. It, it is going to take place uh, irrefutably because Jesus Christ now cries aloud through death's domains to wake the imprisoned dead. It's, a, it's an incredible thing to be the church. To be the people who've been brought out of death and into life. And to be the people who are witnessing as, as people come to faith in Jesus Christ and profess their faith in Jesus Christ. We're witnessing people set free from the chains of death and brought into everlasting life. And in, notice Jesus says, uh, I hold the keys in Revelation 1. But notice he says to the disciples, to the apostles, I'm giving you the keys. What does that mean? It just means, friends, that as we proclaim this message... We can say with all the authority of Jesus Christ to any person we meet in, in the world today, we can say to any person, I promise you, with all the authority of God, I promise you, 
that if you confess your sin and if you um, call out to Jesus Christ, believing on the name of the Lord, I promise you, you will be saved. You will be brought out of death. You will be brought into life. You will be brought into the church of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of the living God. I, with, with, with all the authority of, of the word of God, which is the authority of God himself, I tell you it's true. This is not, this is not our message. It's not our idea. This is God's message for the world. And by handing us the keys of the kingdom, we can also then say to people, and I can assure you, with all the authority of God, if you ignore and reject this Jesus, if you do not seek shelter in his atoning blood, if you do not come to him in true faith, brother, I I promise you, you will experience everlasting condemnation. You will experience the hell of those who are lost forever without Christ. We say that, you see, with, with all the authority of Christ because this is the word he's given to us. But friends, it's in our calling to do it. It's our calling to care for our lost world that way. That we live with men and women who have eternal destinies, either for heaven or for hell. And we hold the key. Jesus Christ, crucified for sinners. And we've experienced the power of what Christ can do. Though we are gross, grievous sinners, we believe on the base of the word of God that Jesus Christ has been been able and willing to set us free from the power of death and to give us everlasting life, to make us sons and daughters of God. And we now go into the world not as um, as though we are anything, for we are not, but Jesus Christ is everything. And we have this key now. Come, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. God so loved this world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Friends, this is the glory of the church. By the grace and power of God, we can see who Jesus is. And all that that means for our life and for this whole world. And by the grace of God, we get to be the witnesses. We get to be those who proclaim that message, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. And that we have the privilege, speaking with the authority of Jesus Christ, to see God use that message to bring people from death to everlasting life. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. The church that Jesus is building. Amen. Oh, God in heaven, what what an amazing thing to belong to the church of Jesus Christ. We do not deserve it. What what an incredible thing to be made people who are citizens of heaven, to be called the bride of Jesus Christ, to be the temple of the living God, the house where God dwells, to be the the sheep of of his pasture, the flock uh, under his hand and under his care. And yet, Lord Jesus, that is what we are. We are the household of God. And Father, uh, there is nothing that matters more than that. Lord, I pray for those uh, tonight who are here who who are not members of the church of Jesus Christ, who have not professed their faith in Christ, or who think uh, that that being a member of the church of Jesus Christ is a small thing when it is is so critically essential. Father, I I pray that you would move, uh, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Uh, that they would see that knowing Jesus and belonging to Jesus is the most important thing in their life, and if they belong to Jesus, they belong to his bride. 
and that they would profess their faith and become members of the church. And Lord, that we would truly love the church of Jesus Christ. We would cherish the church. We would pray for the church. We would engage together as brothers and sisters, fellow citizens, in the work that you've given us to do. That we would proclaim the wonder of Jesus. And that we would have the, the privilege of seeing people brought out of death and into everlasting life. Lord, who is sufficient for these things? And yet you've called us into this glory for Uh, Lord, for our joy, our blessedness, our peace, and for your name's sake. Help us, Lord, here to be uh, a people that love the church of Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.